How we doing? I am your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob. Welcome to Station B.O.B. And let me tell you a little about thee. I am a kid from a Harlem hood who turned out good. I got educated like I should. Now I know how to help you grow to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. With that said, I am here to provide you with some clarity associated with the perplexity of the challenges in your life, love, and work. So, without further ado, let's get down on it. Enjoy the show. Ah, yes. Welcome once again, my friend, to Station B-O-B, where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. And, of course, I'd like to thank you so much for tuning in once again, my friend. I have another what I call top topic for you today. And so after you listen to this podcast, please tell a friend, tell a foe, heck, tell everybody you know to download Station B.O.B. where where we provide content to make good people better and sad people glad. With that said, just like to keep you up on what's coming soon at Station B.O.B. podcasts that are coming soon. For one, we have sometimes things happen in life that only a pastor can explain. Yes, sometimes you have to go deeper than deep to, to get answers. Call on the man of God to see what he can dig up for you. Sometimes it's okay to say no to the people you love. Indeed. As a matter of fact, it can be a good thing to learn how to say no. Also coming soon. Why is it so hard for us to face the truth? How about that? And then I'm excited about this podcast coming soon. Do you like the person you are today? This is my series on self-awareness so we can start to look inside, not outside, but start to look inside to see if we can learn more about the person who we are, who you are today. Do you like the person you are today? Part of my series on self-awareness. Okay, so moving right along. And as I said a minute or two ago, I have another top topic. However, there's one thing about this topic. This would be considered, I guess, a tough topic because the, the topic is how to reconcile with child abuse or and or sexual molestation. And that's a tough so- uh, topic, you know, for, for many reasons, but you know, what comes to mind for me is that it's tough is that, you know, child abuse or, or and or sexual molestation. I mean, those are just probably two of the most heinous 
I say crimes, but in many cases, people are not arrested. But I'll just, you know, keep it in the social work perspective. Those are probably two of the the strongest ruptures of anybody's childhood to either be physically abused or sexually molested. And so it's a tough subject, but tough subjects must be talked about as well. I mean, it's easy to crack jokes and laugh and talk about the weather and what you're doing over the weekend. But when we talk about the tough stuff, it's hard in the beginning. But after we come out on the other side, then the sun may begin to shine. So we like to, we like to dive into the stuff, the tough stuff so that we can make life easier once we find our way through the maze of the tough stuff. And so let's get busy on this topic, how to reconcile with child abuse and sexual molestation. And I think it's important before I go any further on this topic is to, to share some statistics with, with you on these two Horrific types of violations to children. With that said, around 10% of children experience sexual assault or abuse. So that means if you have 100 children in the room, at least 10%, maybe more, because sometimes this, these, these incidents go unreported. So but let's just look at what the stats say. 10% of children. So if you have 100 children in a room, at least 10 of them will have been sexually assaulted or molested or abused. Over 80% of the victims are younger than 18 years of age and, and are females. Also, the victims know the perpetrators and 93% of these cases. And that's really probably the crux of what I want to talk about today as it relates to child abuse and uh, sexual molestation is who is doing this and to help you gain a better understanding of not only who, but why these people that we know that you know would perpetrate such a, a horrendous violation upon you or our young, you know, children. And so with that said, almost one third of the perpetrators are family members. And as I said, this is, I'm going to circle back to, to this whole people we know and family members after I work my way through these statistics. 35% of male perpetrators have been victims of sexual abuse themselves. And this is the connection that I, I'm wanting to focus on in this podcast. Just a few more stats regarding the impact of abuse on children. This can lead to substance abuse. As many as two-thirds of people are in treatment for drug abuse reported being abused or neglected as children. 
14% of all men in prison and 36% of all women in prison in the United States were abused as children. I mean, I mean, that just speaks to the far reaching damaging effects of abuse on our children, children who experience child abuse and neglect or sexual molestation are approximately nine times more likely to become involved in criminal activity. And so you see, this is, this is a very, not only is this a very horrific rupture to a child's childhood development, but it's it's just a, a horrific act. And I think it is important to bring some more attention to this just in terms of getting a better understanding of child abuse, sex abuse, child molestation, where it comes from, you know, in order to help you or or just in general to understand how to work towards healing from these type of experiences. In terms of the personal issues that can result from child abuse, they can cause a variety of psychological problems as well. Victims can feel isolated, fearful, distrust relatives, people, anybody they meet, which can lead to learning difficulties, low self-esteem, depression, and, and trouble forming and maintaining relationships. You see, that is a theme in all of my podcasts that I try to point out that I'll childhood, your childhood experiences, my childhood experiences, these things, good and bad, they travel with you to your adult life. And then they manifest themselves as, you know, personal issues that hinder your ability to maintain healthy relationships, not only with others, but with yourself as well. Now that we we kind of have a big picture view, so to speak, of the adverse impact that child abuse and sexual molestation can have on children, or you, perhaps, if you have been a victim of these terrible acts that are usually inflicted upon us, as it was stated earlier in the statistics, by people we know, family members, close family friends, and the like. But we're gonna we're gonna circle back to that point shortly. But the question and and the the the, the purpose of this podcast is really to to try to figure out how to understand how can you reconcile with this tremendous rupture to your life during your early childhood years or your adolescent years. And I shudder to even ask the question 
but I have to because the topic of today's podcast is how to reconcile with your experiences as a victim of child abuse and or sexual molestation. And I'll just, you know, round it up to, let's just call it child abuse because as much as that is different, you know, it, it's, it kind of renders, you know, the same result in many ways. And um, it's just, you know, none of it is good. And with that said, I, now I have to hearken back to my, you know, two earlier points I made when I was speaking on the statistics. Let me just go over that again because this is really the the point that I want to make regarding child abuse. 93% of the victims know the perpetrator. Almost one-third, almost one-third. That means if there are 75 perpetrators, 25 of them are family members. And then with regard to the male perpetrators, 35% of male perpetrators have been victims of sexual abuse themselves. And so I think it's important to point that out because, again, that drives home the point that I'm trying to make. And um, and so for this particular podcast, I want to speak from my view of this traumatic experience. I'm going to put on my therapist hat in order to point out and help victims of this or these horrific experiences to try to understand not only how to reconcile with this or these type of experiences, but also why it is important to try and reconcile with this horrific life experience. And I'm going to tread lightly as that because this is you know on my part this is more of an endeavor to raise awareness to to crystallize your understanding of why this you know why you may have been abused as a child or not not so much as how but why what could have contributed to that what led to that when I'm when I when I say that I'm not saying I'm not even remotely implying that any of that had to do, you know, or anything about that is your fault. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm trying to do is really draw a a connection between the fact that 93% of people who have been violated know who the perpetrators are. So that's what we're talking about. And before we get to that, I'm going to step aside and let a promo in and we'll pick it up on the other side. Relationship Readiness Life and Work Preparedness Services, the place you come to for coaching, consulting, and counseling in life, love, and work. 
We are a multi-purpose service organization that will coach you up, educate, guide, and motivate you to succeed. We provide management training and consulting services for all businesses in the areas of employee relations, unionized employees, progressive discipline, the annual review process, and emotional intelligence to develop effective leaders for your organization. And our relationship counseling services for individuals, couples, groups show you how to become relationship ready with improved self-esteem, resilience, and self-awareness. To learn more about our programs and services, please contact Robert T. Gardner Jr. by email at changeagentrtg at gmail.com or request a meeting for a free one-hour consultation at relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and let's go back to Station B.O.B. Okay, welcome back. And before we left to let the promo in, I was talking about trying to help you understand you know, why you're, you know you may have been abused or sexually molested by a, a family member or close family friend. And I was just trying to point out that in no way, shape, or fashion am I you know, blaming you or implying that anything about this is your fault. That's not what I'm doing. When I say why, I, I'm talking about helping you to understand why these type of things happen. And so let me start that by saying first, as a parent, in many cases, we parent the way we were parented. What do I mean by that? Like, in other words, if you grow up in a household where your your mother and father or your mother, whatever, whether or not you were in a single family household or a two-parent household. I grew up in a two, I mean, I'm sorry, a single parent household, but we were exposed to the outside world. You know, we knew more about life than what was on the block, so to speak. And so my point is, if you were raised by a parent or parents and you, your, your family vacationed a lot and you celebrated the holidays and, you know, it was just kind of a lot of loving things, family reunions, and you had those type of early life experiences as you grew up and as you moved into adolescence and your young adult, adult life, then more than likely when you become a parent, you're going to parent the way you were parented, meaning you're going to take family vacations and family reunions and, and just create and develop and organize family events and uh, things to do and activities to ex now expose your children to kind of sharing the same experiences that your parents, you know, provided for you. Now, the flip side of parenting the way we were parented is if your parents were abused, you know, physically or sexually molested, you know, if that happened early in their life, there is a, t a tendency that, you know, parents who were abused physically, sexually may do the same things to their own children. 
Uh, sometimes it's not your parent. Your your mother or father might have three or four brothers and sisters, and in your home you may or may not have known because there there are also a lot of family secrets that you know. Uh, surround these type of experiences but you may have an uncle or an aunt who grew up in the same house with your mother or father who was molested by either one of their parents or a, a relative and so what happens is then if it's not your parent then that relative who was asked to babysit you when you were two or three years old or four or five years old whatever the case may be when and if you were violated in such a way and so we parent the way we were parented in many cases i mean some people grow up and they say well you know i didn't know my father but i'm gonna make sure my children know my you know me as their father or you know i was abused and i'm not going to abuse my children and so I'm not saying that those scenarios do not exist. What I am saying is, in many cases, they're not. The, the, the case may be, or, or is, in many cases, that if your parents were, were abused in any way, more than likely you may be subjected to that same experience. In many ways, people reconcile with these things in strange ways as well. The, you know, the, it's like um, it happened to me, you know, and if it happens to you and you don't seek any outside help or you are not able to reconcile with this at your early, the early stages of your life, all kind of thoughts and impressions are made upon you and how you see this and how you deal with this. Excuse me. So the next thing I want to point out, which is very important, I, I'm, I'm not going to get into it deep, but it's also a way of understanding your family. There's something called when I say understanding your family, I'm really talking about from a, you know, sort of a semi-generational history type of understanding of your family by way of a genogram. Now, genograms are something that you can Google. It's really, it's a diagram. It has circles and lines on it, or you may have to add circles and lines just to increase, you know, the spaces on the genogram to to add additional family members. But at any rate, you you have a, you have the genogram and you have Ancestry.com. I just want to point out that the difference between the two is Ancestry.com gives you the story of who your, your relatives are, your family connections and things like that, you know, and you might find out that the great-grandfather was the mayor of the Bronx or something back 400 years ago, you know, something to that extent. But a, a genogram is different in that it gives you um, an idea of the type of themes 
that exist in your family, you know, just say going back to, let's start with your grandparents, the parents of both your mother and your father. So if they were alive, if you knew them, there would be four grandparents, two grandmothers, two grandfathers. And so in a genogram, you, 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 you look at the children that were born from those relationships, those marriages, and those people would be your aunts and your uncles. And then you look at from your aunts and your uncles, how many children or, 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 or whether they had children or not have children, you kind of list that. And so you also look at in, in this family tree, so to speak, you know, who used drugs, who died early, why did they die early, who, you know, abused alcohol. You know, you also find out maybe you may be able to find out from talking to other family members or you may know from your own knowledge of your family, you know, who was molested. You know, did and when did when did you you know your family first started revealing that? Did that happen? You know, did that start with your grandparents to down to your aunts and uncles, or did it start with your aunts and uncles down to your cousins? And so, a genogram is is a very interesting thing. It doesn't cost you anything. You can you can Google. You know, geno, genogram forms or, or what have you. And what a genogram does is it's like it's a family tree that comes alive. You know, now families are complex, complex systems that interact with other communities and other kin groups of which they are all a part of and fully understand that it is imperative to understand like where this child abuse may come from. So I just said that, you know, because it, this topic is that important to, to kind of take it to another level where not just maybe see what happened to your mother and father, but maybe see what happened with their mother and father or your aunts and uncles, just to get a better perspective on your family life, the themes that exist, you know, from one generation to another generation. I'm sure by now you've all, you you all may have heard the term, you know, when you have issues in your family, uh, alcoholism, drug abuse, or nobody has a college degree. Somebody might say, well, I'm going to break that family curse. Well, the way to really break the family curse is to put a genogram together. Just starting, say, as I said, well, actually start with whoever you know. If you don't know who you're, you know, grandparents from your, you know, on your mother and father's side, or start with whoever you do know who is older than you in your family and just try to, you know, look at their, you know, those, your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, and see, you know, what type of experiences they had, you know, as I said earlier, you know, is there a theme where of drug abuse? domestic violence, early death, heart, you know, issues, diabetes, 
child abuse, molestation. And the reason why that is important, because this is what I'm really trying to get at. Because... It may lead you, you know, the idea is that you get a better understanding of what happened. And now, you know, for some, there may be no way in your own mind that you can get over what happened to you. And I hope that is not the case. But I think it's important if you can gain a better understanding of what the family member or close family friend, what they did to you, and, 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 and it might open up a new perspective if you, if you understand or know that what they did to you has happened to them. And they, they, and because they did not have these issues addressed, and and because before this person violated you, they too at at one time were an innocent victim like you. And so, what what I'm getting at by talking about we parent the way we parented, you know, were parented. The, the idea of the genogram to give you a, a idea of the history of the, fa- the behavior in your family is to understand that, you know, the fact that you were targeted as this, as the person who was victimized during this abusive experience is, is, is in many cases is not, that is, you know, because it's you, it's just that you may have been in a situation with that perpetrator at that time, and they saw that as an opportunity to violate you in the same way that they were violated by an older person, a family member, or close family friend. And... I hope this is helpful just to 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 shed some light that if you understand or or try to understand why you were a victim because the because the the person who violated you they themselves were also a victim and so we parent the way we were parented sometimes we do to others what was done to us and no I know that doesn't make it easier it may not make the pain go away but it might speak to your ability to have a better understanding that you know Uncle Mike or you know the family's best friend you know Samuel you know it's not that they are bad devilish mean people it it is the fact that they too were violated in the same way or perhaps worse than you and and so again i'm not speaking to say let them off the hook what i'm talking about is that you know in many cases these are not devilish mean people 
These are people who have been victims. And then they victimize you. And as I said, we parent the way we were parented. We uncle the way we were uncled. We may aunt the way we were aunted. In other words, sometimes, many times, we do to people what was done to us. And so it's just important to keep that in mind. So instead, you know, instead of, you know, I don't know, just being angry and and whatever you're feeling as a relate as 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 it relates to this experience that happened to you, I just think it is imperative to understand why this happened to you. And my hope is with this type of educational understanding, it may shed a different perspective on this situation. And and I can only, you know, endeavor to to do this because although I don't know what it's like to have been violated or abused, I do know that it is a terrible, terrible terrible thing to have happened to anybody. And so I can't say that I know your feelings. You know, again, I'm just endeavoring to help you find a way to reconcile with this horrific experience so that you can find a way out of the darkness that this nightmarish, nightmarish experience has bestowed upon you. And so with that said, I think it's time now to talk about how to find your way out of this twilight zone. Because it is important to understand that if you recall the, the, the statistics I shared earlier, There are many, many victims of child abuse and sexual molestation. And it may help to find a group to join, you know, to be with other people, around other people who have experienced the same thing. And you might be amazed to see how they or to learn how they turn their their pain into gain turn their pain into purpose. That's what this is about. When things happen in life, we have to learn how to turn our pain into gain. It's not about our pain keeping us down and angry and sad and lonely. I mean, you can be like that if you, if, if, if you, if that's the path that you want to walk. But what I am encouraging you to do is to find a way out of the way you may have been feeling as a result of this horrific situation that you may have experienced in your life. And so if you are not interested in aligning yourself with a a group to talk to others, to see others, how they have overcome it might be important to seek professional help in therapy there are professionals that deal that that who are specifically trained 
to work with you on these type of issues and experiences. And also, you know, in addition to therapy or or some type of group work, it, it may also be time for you to consider based on what you know now to maybe think about even forgiving the person who violated you as they too were once an innocent victim like you and someone violated them, which may have led to why you were violated by that particular individual. And to forgive is, is part of the healing process to allow yourself to find some relief from this unbelievable life experiences. My God, if you have been a victim of any kind of child abuse, I hope this podcast brought a new perspective to your perspective in order to help inform you you know that there is a way to learn how to feel better there is a way to 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 learn how to see life differently and it is important imperative to understand that in this life it is not how you start what matters most is how you finish and my purpose here is to help you finish strong and turn your pain into gain And with that said, I hope this is something that is beneficial and, and and helpful to you because I just did a podcast last week on adversity. And as I said, that adversity can strike at any time. But it's not what happens to you in this life as it relates to adversity. It's how you respond to what happens to you. And that is what we're going to try to focus on. And, and, and in no way I say that to mean that I am diminishing, you know, anything, your thoughts, your experience related to child abuse or sexual molestation. That's not what I'm doing here. What I'm, what I'm hoping is that you can be encouraged to find a way to feeling better. And with that said, I'm going to stop there. And I want to thank you once again, my friend, to tuning in. It was a pleasure for me to spend some time with you, and hopefully you enjoyed our time together. And all as always, remember, that love is an action, not a word, and it's not supposed to hurt. Until the next time we meet, don't hurt nobody. As we wrap up this show, I hope this topic helped you to grow. And now you know a little bit more than you knew before. If you have any questions about this topic, please email me 
at changeagentrtg at gmail.com. See my website, relationshipreadiness.org. To learn more about my counseling, consulting, and educational programs related to life, love, and work. Finally, in the words of the late, great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., if I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or song, if I can show somebody he is traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. Until we meet again, do the right thing when nobody is looking. Peace, beloved.